When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a new episode of the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal Saints here alongside Justin Barney. The NFL draft officially in the books. It was a marathon. Man, it was a sprint and all throughout day two. No, day no, three. it was not a sprint. It was a marathon. The Jaguars made 13 picks, the most picks they've made in franchise history in a single draft. So 13 players coming in. And, you know, the one thing that I keep trying to remind myself that, you know, the Jaguars have struggled with drafting players. When you draft 13, you'd like to think that you at least are going to hit on three or four, right? <laughs> one so, or two uh, have to hit, right, out yeah, of 13. Th- that's one way to make volume. sure that the whole class isn't a flop. Just draft a bunch of guys. You can't. There's no way they miss on all 13. Just oh, no way. Oh, for 13, probably not. I think one or two has got has to gotta stick. I do, I do. I like a few of these picks. I think some of them were pretty safe. I, I think a lot of the, some of these players, we'll go through them here in a second, and even some of the undrafted free agents. I, they've got some talent. They got some guys that will be in the NFL in one capacity right. or another. I don't think there's that home run swing. Again, we'll get into that a little bit more in a second. Um, but it was definitely a lot of draft picks for the Jaguars and definitely a, a little bit of a wild ride. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I wasn't overwhelmed or really I wasn't high or low on any of this this draft just kind of felt like you're swinging and and a single here maybe a double there which is fine as long as you don't ground out to any any double play triple play something like that which Jacksonville has done significantly Uh, recently they declined the fifth year option on Caleb on chase on breaking news (laughs) and you know CJ Henderson was also in that draft first round pick so when you're coming off yeah. Low bar drafts like that in many of the drafts that they've had in the past, you need some of those singles and doubles sometimes. You don't always have to hit the home run. And this draft to me feels like a, kind of a one for four day at the plate to me. Yeah. It doesn't seem exceptionally low. It doesn't seem exceptionally high. It doesn't seem bad like Caleb on Chase on uh, CJ Henderson kind of draft. To me, it just seems like a kind of an average draft. And I think uh, I think the draft grades, uh, you know, the CB range will kind of show that. It's bad that, like, like Calevon works really hard. He's embraced his role of special teams. Ha- caps off to the dude. Nice guy. Um, not a first-round pick. Uh, it just hasn't worked out that way. Like, I saw the Adam Schefter thing about the Jaguars not picking up his first-round or fifth-year option, and I was like, did that really need to be said? <laughs> like, th- I think locally most of us kind of resigned to the fact that we knew they weren't picking it up, so it wasn't worth doing anything so when I saw that come out literally today as we're recording this I was uh, when Schefter put it out I was like you know (laughs) what are you telling me here this is this is known this is known information but okay I guess to to people outside of Jacksonville maybe there was still a question or a possibility whatever let's get into the Jaguars picks so they started off with that 24th selection uh, and then Trent Baalke went to work, got on the phone, and then they ended up moving back, mm-hmm. and then moving back again, and they finally make their pick at 27. So it was a wild ride on Thursday. Uh, we talked a little bit about Anton Harrison already in right. an episode, kind of reacting to it, but uh, has the Anton Harrison pick grown on you a little bit more now than, than maybe it was at that point? I think, then? I think so. I think that's a, that's a safe pick. Um, I think it's a position of need, and we've talked about how do you balance need with 
uh, you know, best talent available, kind of you're looking for the future, playing for now. And I think Harrison is a guy, you know, and people, I, I hear all the speculation about Walt, Walker Little, right tackle. And so, no, Walker Little, he's going to be a left tackle starting out this year. He yeah. is going to be a left tackle, and you're going to see Anton Harrison at the right tackle. Right. So that makes sense to me. I don't understand where, you know, this national narrative of Walker Little is going to play the right side, Anton's going to play the left. I think Walker Little Walker is, is going to be your left tackle. Yeah. So with the Cam Robinson news, I don't think Cam's in Jacksonville past February 2024. I think this is his last season in Jacksonville. Unless he plays guard. Yeah, I don't think it's happening with the amount of money they have invested in him. So I think Cam Robinson has done Jacksonville after this year, unless he just comes back and lights it up. And I, I don't see that. A PED suspension, which we don't know the length of, is not good. Jacksonville knew that. That was a possibility, and, of course, that comes to pass. So I like the Anton Harrison pick. You're getting a, a guy who's a first-round talent. And he was like that last remaining big-time offensive tackle in the first round. The rush of tackles ended at about spot 14. So sure. I think Anton Harrison, you know, your next choice is probably Matthew Bergeron, who you mocked the Jags in round two. He, wasn't, he wasn't there uh, in round two when Jacksonville picked. So you get an offensive tackle. You can build four for the future, a Walker Little, Juwan Taylor kind of guy who can come in, get those reps early, and be a franchise guy. Remember, you'll get him for five years if you pick up his option. And he's, you know, he has that picked up and, and plays himself into that option. So, mm -hmm. to me, you solidify your tackle position for the next five years with Anton Harrison. And, again, we know how valuable tackles are. Look what Juwan Taylor got paid. And he was an average to above average tackle. So, I do like the pick. Is it the sexiest pick in the world? No. Is it a pick where people are going to say, man, this is an incredible pick for the team. Mm -hmm. He's not going to, you know, he's not a sack guy. He's not going to generate those sacks and sure. pressure off the edge like a sexier edge rusher pick would have been. But I like the pick. It's grown on me a little bit since the other night just because I think it fills a need for now and the future. Uh, and I'm not going to go as far as you did to say it solidifies your tackles for the next five years for one reason. Walker Little's kind of nearing the right, end yeah, of that of deal. Course. And keep in mind, he's moving to the left side now. So all of the money that you would have paid him, all he needs is one or two good years there. Right. And uh, he'll be do something. So the question is, but it does give you flexibility because even if Walker does move on, Anton has experience playing on the left side. So you could shift him and find a new right tackle. But then, if I need mean, be. So, um, you look at a, like a Devon Hamilton thing. You take care of your own. You know they're going to pay him. They paid Cam but, Robinson. But Walker Little is going to command. True. Yeah, he will. I mean, keep in True. mind, look at what Jawan got paid to be a left tackle. And he wasn't playing left tackle. Right. So Walker's going to be playing left tackle for two years. He's going to get paid. I'm not saying that they won't pay him. I'm just saying that he's going to be coming up due around the same time that they have to pay 16. Right. So money is going to be <laughs> hard to come by because it's all going to Trevor. So I'm, I'm just saying. With I'm, not, 13, I'm just, just devil's advocate here. I'm not with, saying they won't pay him. I'm just saying if they don't, there's a guy that could move over. With 13 picks in the draft, do you think they're looking a little bit ahead to that Trevor extension where you're grabbing guys in the sixth <laughs> and seventh round and you're filling out that roster? With the attention of number 16, what he's going to get paid. Hey, they may have ahead. 25 picks next year in yeah, the draft right. with the comp picks, and, and they're trading down to, to prepare for that 16 extension. Start planning ahead. All right. We, in our last episode, we did it after Thursday, so we only got through the round right. one. So let's move on to some of the picks that we didn't get through. Um, in round two, they went Britain Strange. I think that was the one that some people were left mm -hmm. kind of scratching their heads. The big thing uh, with Britain is that he wasn't exactly hyper-productive in college. I mean, 300 yards receiving, 30 catches last season. Uh, not exactly the numbers that right. you see from a normal second-round pick, but uh, some of the draft experts really like what they saw in Strange. Doug Peterson 
I mean, we, we like to talk about how good he is with tight ends. Clearly, he likes Brenton Strange. So uh, it's an interesting one, but uh, definitely a little bit of a head scratcher. We'll see exactly how it fits together and see if Strange can kind of build off some of those things here in Jacksonville. I do, I do trust Doug Peterson when it comes to tight ends. Yeah. You just hope that this doesn't turn into another Josh Oliver kind of pick where he's misused, he's injured, and injuries you can't forecast. But they had high hopes for Josh Oliver, and he never really – hit that bar different coaching staff obviously but sure. I trust Doug Peterson when it comes to tight ends and his vision of that um Brent Strange is going to walk into a, a tight end room that is extremely lean and I think as a second round pick you're going to have some opportunity to make up ground I mean Evan Ingram you know basically on a one-year deal now when he tends to when he actually signs that so I think Brent Strange could be set up for long-term success here in Jacksonville I think Todd McShay said could be one of the steals of the draft in Brenton yep. Strange. So yep. that's a good endorsement there. All right. And then in the third round, they go running back at Tank Bigsby. So the first three picks for the Jaguars in the draft, all three go offense. Tank Bigsby, uh, the running back from Auburn, kind of gives you your one-two punch with Travis Etienne in that backfield. Yep. This might spell the end for last year's draft pick, right. Steve Connor. He's definitely going to be fighting uphill just to get on the roster. He's a guy who didn't play special teams much last year, so he's going to have to figure that out if he wants to stick around here in Jacksonville. Uh, Tank definitely adds a little bit of power mm -hmm. uh, and a little bit of pop, so him and Travis should give uh, the Jaguars a formidable running back right. combo to, to build for the future with. Not a, a huge fan of that pick. You don't like Tank? I, that's I, the one you're not a fan of? No, that's... They needed that, a running back was a need. They did need a running, running back. Running back was a need. I don't know if Tank Bigsby, again, positional value. I don't know if running back right there. It's the third round. It, third round, true, but there were some guys there. were two out in there. the first. Roshan Johnson was, was out there, still the Texas He back. has a broken hand. So I, he broke his hand in the draft <laughs> lead up. I, I don't mind a Roshan Johnson, but Tank Bigsby, I don't know. It, I don't know. Give running me back tank in, for one uh, reason. He running, was healthy. Running back in the third round, to me, I'm not sure. You did need running back. Yes. I, I know I had a mock later in my mock draft going uh, going running back, I believe, in the sixth round. So, um, or seventh round with Kenny McIntosh. Obviously, didn't do that. But I, I like a running back selection. I just didn't like it in the third round. One thing that we, we'll add to Trent Baalke's resume when we're talking about this last year, every year he's been a general manager has drafted a running back. Right. That's, every that's, single year. Uh, so, Apparently, we can just pencil in a running back. It's just a matter of figuring out where. <laughs> I, I don't mind the pick. Keep in mind, last year they spent a fifth rounder on Snoop, and it didn't work. Right. So you go a little bit higher to try and find a guy who can help. All right. Uh, to the pick that I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of round four, uh, they go to Ventrell Miller, linebacker. First time they go defense, and they go linebacker. Uh, and it's a guy that's not very good in coverage. He loves football. Great human. Uh, definitely a competitor. The guy is perfect, and this is nothing against Ventrell. This is just the fit with the Jaguars' defense right. and where they're kind of at. I don't know how this really improves I, them. I totally am. Them. Totally am with you. He'll here play on special this. teams, yes. and I mean, he'll be a solid backup for them. I mean, this might spell the end for a local guy. I mean, he's going to be competing with Shaquille Quarterman, right. and they're very similar kind of players. So. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how that yeah, works out. And, and Shaq coming up to the end of his rookie contract right. as well. I just don't understand the pick. I'm totally in agreement with you. Why go another inside backer? You got Chad Muma last year. You went year. two last year. You had Devin Lloyd last <laughs> yeah. year. I, I just don't understand the pick. And it's almost the same thing we said last year after you know the first two days of the draft. We're talking you spend two picks on linebackers right. in the first round. You add Chad Muma with the, with the prime pick there in day right. two. And I... It, 
I just don't know. Or maybe it was day three last year. But Now, Frank Frangie really loves this pick. Frank Frangie is a Ventrell Miller stand. We talked about it yesterday. He is convinced that Miller will play a role on this defense in the next few years. To me, the only way that happens, and there's two ways. There's two ways that I can see Miller playing a role. Uh, if Foyer moves on after next year, I'd have to see the, the contract details. He just did his extension, or not extension, but reworked that deal to kind of lower his cap hit for this year. So I need to see the numbers on that. Or if Devin Lloyd is no longer a inside backer and they move him around on that edge spot mm -hmm. more frequently than they did last year, which he probably will play some on the edge, but I don't know if he'll play frequently enough to really open up snaps. But then there's still Chad Mooma looming out there. Uh, this is just an interesting pick. I think they went for a culture fit. They went for a football player and didn't look at it as need. I mean, again, it's tough to ask a fourth-round pick to be a huge impact right. player. So I understand it, but I just, at the same time, don't. I don't. I don't All like right. The um, let's run through a few of these. Uh, the second pick in the fourth round, stop me if there's a guy you really want to touch on. They go Tyler Lacey from Oklahoma State. Fifth round, two picks there. Yasir Abdullah, linebacker from Louisville, and Antonio Johnson, safety from Texas A&M. Uh, round six, three picks. Parker Washington from Penn State. Christian ba Braswell, a corner from Rutgers. Eric Hallett, a, a corner from Pitt. And then in the seventh round, three more picks. Cooper Hodges, guard from Appalachian State, played high school football at Baker County. Um, Raymond Vohasic, a defensive tackle from North Carolina. And, of course, had to get a fullback. <laughs> Derek Parrish from Houston. He also played edge there. Great uh, stats. But great, great numbers. Great numbers. Edge. And, you know, the one thing that when we asked, I asked, I asked Trent about it, and he goes, I drafted, uh, I drafted Bruce Miller when I was in San Francisco, and he led the country in sacks. So, um, but, so Derek Parrott, he, he has a little bit of experience of drafting some of these defensive guys, and Bruce Miller's a really good fullback. Right. Uh, so we'll see how it shakes out. I like some of these later round picks. I like Antonio Johnson. I yes. mean, if, I, I'm a if, big Johnson if, fan. If you followed our News for Jags podcast, we're talking in the pre-draft lead-in. Johnson was mocked to the Jags in the first round in numerous drafts. Early so on, before early the on, combine. Before the combine, yeah. he was mocked to Jacksonville as a first-round pick in numerous mock drafts. So getting a nickel cornerback of Antonio Johnson, again, for his combine was a little... He won't play nickel. <laughs> a little bad. Bulky, bulky sees him as a safety. Okay, so safety. Antonio Johnson, you know, you've got him as a safety, possibly looking ahead towards next year mm -hmm. when... You know, Rayshon Jenkins may not be back. Um, so I do think that Antonio Johnson pick, I like day three picks. Yeah. Ate a lot. I like Cooper Hodges. He's going to be a guard uh, in, in Jacksonville in the Needed NFL. Needed inside depth for sure. Need, absolutely inside depth. Mm -hmm. I like Parker Washington from Penn State. Um, Here, funny, funny story. Okay, hold on. I, I just, I'll let you get my. So Parker Washington's sister is a scout for the Bears. This is great. Parker Washington's <laughs> sister is a scout for the Bears. And the Bears passed on him eight times throughout the course of the draft. That's going to be an awkward Thanksgiving. Absolutely. You, you know the Jaguars. We, we had to tally it up to see how many times they had a chance that this guy passed on him eight times. I want to know what her scouting report on her brother was. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's her. That is going to make for some odd family yeah. reunions, some Christmases, uh, some strife in there. So I, I like their day three picks. Yeah. To me, I thought um, they hit some needs there. Again, depth with Cooper Hodges. You, I figured they would sign Cooper Hodges as an undrafted free agent. Sure. He was on a, he, a top 30 visit here. Um, I like that pick just as, you know, you didn't address guard with Osiris Torrance. You get a guard later in the draft. Um, I like Antonio Johnson. I like Yusir Abdullah. But to me, I mean, you don't really address the need of edge rusher until day three of the draft. So I do have a little bit of an issue with that. That's the thing I thought Jacksonville whiffed on. You did not go higher 
with an edge rusher, a sack kind of guy until day three with Yusir Abdullah and uh, Tyler Lacey on the defensive line in, those, uh, in that third round. So yeah. to me, I mean, in the fourth the, round, day three, I just thought the, they missed out on an edge rusher early in the draft and they could have had one. I think we haven't seen the complete picture yet. Um, and I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. I like the Yusir Abdullah pick. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He was hyper-productive there for Louisville. Um, so he's going to be interesting. I think his floor is, a, is a, a standout special teamer in the NFL. So one way or another, he's going to be, I think he's on the roster. Um, okay. And, you know, he talked about how he has a personal relationship with Elvis Doomerville and how they're similar in stature. And the first thing that popped in my mind is like Duval's Doomerville. Um, <laughs> but I, I think you, I think Yasir I don't know if he'll be hyper productive from a pass rush standpoint in his career or early on, but he's definitely a guy with a chip on his shoulder. I really like that pick. Um, I think his floor is on a roster as a standout special teamer just with his build and athletic ability. I'm a, I've been an Antonio Johnson fan. He's one of my, he was one of my guys kind of leading up to the draft. So was Parker Washington. So I, lo I love three picks in a row yep. were for the Jags. I love all of them. Parker Washington is a – he's not a big receiver, but we kept talking about they needed like a 50-50 yes. ball guy. He's like 5'10", and he wins those 50-50 balls. Um, so he's an interesting pick. We'll see how he can kind of fit in there. Um, a couple of the late ones that I, that I think are interesting um, is Eric Hallett from Pitt. He's a guy that I think is going to come in and compete for that slot spot. He played some corner, he played some safety. He was a finalist for or a semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Hyper productive, um, pretty good athlete. Surprising that he was still on the board in the sixth round. So I think he could be a sleeper for them in that secondary. And then the fullback, like we talked about Derek Parrish, but I, there hasn't been a fullback here in Jacksonville in a few years. Yeah, since 2020. And for Doug Peterson, he didn't even sniff one last year. But the Jaguars were really bad in short yard situations. Mm -hmm. So then they bring in a guy, a running back with the name <laughs> Tank. So you know they're serious about it. And then their last pick, they go, you know what, we're going to bring a fullback in. Uh, Derek Parrish is, should be a good special teamer. I mean, he played defensive mm -hmm. line. I mean, he's played defense. He should be good there. And he's played some running back and some fullback. He is jacked. He was on Bruce Feld Feldman's freaks list. Um, I think he ate like a seven-pound steak to win his team's <laughs> eat-off before last year's fall camp. Um, imagine yeah. what he's going to do to the ice cream. Right. Imagine ice what cream. he's going to do to the ice cream. Um, so Derek Parrish is an interesting one. I think there's going to be a, some interesting pieces there and how the offense could change a little bit. He'll obviously have to earn a spot on the roster because of special teams. Mm -hmm. uh, but – It'll be interesting to see how Doug Peterson can utilize him. I think that might be the pick that is going has the most chance of having a role day one if he makes this roster. Um, because keep in mind, they lost Chris Manhurts, right. who was their best blocking uh, tight end. So how do you replace that? Right. Luke Farrell's fine, but is he Chris Manhurts? No. I don't think so. Chris Manhurts is one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. So you go get a fullback. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if we see that fullback in the backfield and just how much they end up using that. They did get creative last year with some of those T formations. So, mm -hmm. I mean, imagine doing some of those T formations with a fullback right. now back there to really lead block um, on some of those short yards plays. So things could get interesting. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a huge fan of what they did on day three of the draft. Uh, some of those guys, I think, are going to be steals. I think when you take 13 guys, at some point you've got to <laughs> hit on somebody. Um, so I, I, I'm sure there are going to be some hits mixed throughout here, uh, but I'm a big fan of some of the day three guys. They were guys that I put on my, on my, my guys list long, long time ago. Antonio Johnson, Parker Washington were two for sure uh, that I had, I had shouted out because I really liked their game. So of these 13, let's say you're, you're, you're naming an MVP and your least valuable pick. 
Who's your MVP? Who's your least valuable pick of these 13? Least valuable is Ventro Miller. I'm not. You, yeah. You can't sway me on that one. I just don't know. He's again special teams guy. He's a thumper linebacker. Not really great in coverage. Um, and I don't know if that changes. I know you said he was playing with a broken foot last year at Florida, but he was there for six years, and the the book on him kind of stayed the same. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, that's probably that's definitely my least valuable pick. I would agree. I would from I would say the same thing again. That Muma, Devin Lloyd, Foyer. I mean, you've got the linebackers, and I just don't understand the Ventrell Miller pick. Right. Too much depth at, there. At, at four. I mean, it's the same thing we said after the draft last year. Why are you drafting Muma and Lloyd um, that high in the draft? And I'm not a huge fan of a running back in round three. Um, again, no problem with Tank. My question is, are you, does he have that speed to play uh, the running back? I think he's that complement to Travis Etienne. He's going to have to be an upgrade over Snoop Connor. You just have to get that thunder and lightning kind of backfield did not have that last year i wonder if deanders johnson can be that as well but um a running back you had to get one i just think running back was a little bit too high but i think the ventral miller pick with um least valuable for me and it sounds like for you as well yeah i think i think we're in agreement i think a lot of people are again i like ventral miller as a culture fit i mean the competitor that they bring in and if they drafted him fifth sixth round or had even gotten some defensive help beforehand i might change my mind um, most valuable pick, hmm. that one's tough because I see a lot of these guys competing for special teams roles. Um, the easy pick is Anton Harrison because he's penciled in as a starter already. Uh, but if I'm going to go, you know, I like to stray, so I'll stray from the first round one, go for a dark horse, um, Eric Hallett. I think okay. I really think the pit guy has a chance to, to win that nickel spot unless the Jaguars go to the well on the free agent market. I think he has a, a real chance to compete for that. Job. Okay, I'll, I'll shake it up a little bit. Again, the easy one is Anton Harrison. He's, he's ready-made for yep. the NFL. Just didn't give up many sacks. I think one sack in his Oklahoma career. Um, I mean, just an incredible player. And Oklahoma has a long yeah, list extremely. of guys uh, of offensive tackles that have gone on to the NFL and been pro bowlers. So, so I'm, I'm going to stray from that, too, and I'm going to say Cooper Hodges. Um, just because the depth issue there, again, seventh rounder, I mean, you're, that's an extreme mm -hmm. reach, you know, for saying he's a, a great pick uh, if you're going in the seventh round. But, hey, Brock Purdy last year, seventh round. Uh, but I'm going to say Cooper Hodges, you, okay. you need the depth at guard. You didn't go guard early on. I think you need a guard at that. You know, you're looking forward. I think you need that depth. I think you need somebody to prepare for the future. Ben Barch is not back. He's in a contract. Getting to the end of that contract, Kyler Shatley's not going to be around forever. Brandon Sheriff's not going to be around sure. forever. So I'm going to say Cooper Hodge is a, a valuable pick. I think he was a little under the radar kind of pick. And I think just because the position he's going to play, I think that gives him an inside leg on being that kind of a sneaky good pick for Jacksonville. So, uh, and I said I'd circle back to this, and I, I can kind of agree with you there because uh, Hodge is obviously the homer, so we're rooting for the guy. You mentioned the edge earlier on, how they, they waited till late to, uh, to go edge, and I think they did, and I do think they also waited too late to address that slot corner spot. One of the things that I said, why I said they'd circle back to it is the Jaguars do have some salary cap space, a little bit of wiggle room right now. There are a lot of free agents. Mm -hmm edges that can help you day one right now on the street and we can look at it and say hey they could have drafted a number of guys at uh, whether with the first round even with that second round mm -hmm. pick but how much impact can you really expect from a rookie to walk in the door and if you say all right let's whoever it is like I'm a big BJ Ojolari fan he was on the board let's say it was him or it just about anybody who else was there uh Miles Murphy 
We'll go Miles Murphy. Okay. Let's say you bring in Miles Murphy. What's a realistic expectation for that guy coming in? Four, five sacks? I would, I would say three sacks. Uh, so yeah. you're saying three sacks. Yeah. But on the other hand, you can go get Jan, Yannick Ngakwe. You can go get Frank Clark, who are coming in and are established sack artists. True. Who, where the expectation is seven, eight sacks mm -hmm. at minimum for those kind of guys. That's what the Jaguars need. I highly expect that now that the draft is over with, they didn't go edge, that they're going to go to that free agent well and try and get one of these veteran guys on a one-year deal. Yeah, and Bal you know, and Trent Baalke alluded to that afterwards, that right. there was going to be veteran interest after the draft. And, and I, I, I think, think that's the route to go. I think they'll get an edge. I, one of these veteran edges I expect to be joining the Jaguars. I also expect, I, I wouldn't be surprised, there's a couple of veteran corners out there that Bryce Callahan's, Casey Hayward's, that are on the street that could play that slot role and definitely come in and, and have played it at a high level around the NFL. I wouldn't be surprised if they went edge and corner on free agent market. Now, the reason that they would wait is we talk a lot about, like, for whatever reason, I know fans have kind of gotten obsessed with the fact that the Jaguars haven't had comp picks in, like, years. <laughs> so if you sign guys before the draft, it takes away from the comp that you get back because you're spending money out and it's not just so based on the formula that you get. So that would have taken away from what they're going to mm -hmm. get. They're going to get a couple of picks for next year. So for them, it made sense to wait till the other side right. and now go to this well because now you've locked in these picks for the future because, again, Trevor is going to get paid yep. and they want to build through the draft anyway. So keeping as much draft capital as possible, yep. especially since they just paid out to get Calvin Ridley, makes sense. And these are veteran guys that they didn't expect to go, you know, running off and signing willy-nilly. Mm -hmm. A lot of teams were doing the same thing. So now that the draft is over as they're getting ready to start these OTAs and minicamps, don't be surprised if right before OTAs they sign a couple of veteran guys, fly them in, and boom, there it is. Look at Arden Key. I mean, the situation last year, I mean, right. I, he was a sneaky good under-the-radar free agent signing. He got paid after one good year in Jacksonville. But a situation like that where you maybe a guy who's rehabbing his injury or uh, rehabbing his uh, image and has not maybe achieved things in, in the NFL, maybe a first-round bust kind of guy, come in and rehab your situation. And I think a, a situation like an Arden Key with the Yannick, uh, Frank Clark, something like that. Yeah, th these guys are just be, they're at that point solid. in their career where they're mercenaries. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Melvin Ingram has just been laughing at farther time. So is Justin Houston for the last like four or five years. They're at that point in the career where no team's going to give them a long-term deal mm -hmm. because at some point soon they're going to hang it up or that, you know, the, the production will just fall off. But so far they've been making it mm -hmm. work. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. Don't be surprised when the Jaguars announce one of these guys coming to Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. It just makes sense. It shouldn't cost them a, an arm and a leg to get it done, and it'll pay more dividends early on than any of those edge guys that they would have brought yeah. in. So For future proof, though, a guy like an Ajilari or something uh, to that nature, Miles Murphy would have been better for long term sure, than sure. a unique or a Frank Clark situation. But it makes sense with the, the, the salary situations that Jacksonville's in. They had recent history of having those one-year contracts paying off, and that's what you need right now. I mean, get get you to next year. The comp pick strategy makes sense. You're going to get a high comp pick for mm -hmm. Juwan Taylor. Yep, third. Um, so you're going to be in a good situation next year, and hopefully you don't pinch yourself with these long-term deals. You know, the, Again, the one-year contract, prove-it right. deals, worked exceptionally last year for Jacksonville. And, again, spot-filling an edge rusher or a nickel corner, 
with the same situation like that. Makes right. sense. Makes and, sense. And they seem comfortable with Trey Herndon. I think they'll bring competition in for him, let these young guys battle with him. On the edge, the, the goal is that Trey, Trayvon Walker is going to take a big jump forward. Mm -hmm. um, and then Josh Allen in a contract year, so he has every reason to go out there and, and try and succeed yep. and be really successful from a sack standpoint. So you've got those two guys. I think still think if when Smoot gets healthy, there's a shot that he signs with the Jaguars and kind of can come in as a late addition to that roster. Um, aside of that, you know, you're, you're just going to yeah, hold I, on to your seat. I, I, hope. I love but. the Smoot suggestion there because yeah. again the guy's probably not gonna be ready for training camp i mean you're gonna be flirting against that training camp line so you got a guy who's gonna maybe start on a pup list but again dewan smoot has been an anchor he has been that perfect role player coming off the bench had a great season last year poised for a career year and then the injury happened so you may want to think about dewan smoot at a discount kind of thing you know what he can do right and again that's what you need for this team the depth who can come off the bench and provide that. You saw that with Arden Key. You've seen that with Dewan Smoot in his career. And you got to hope a guy like Dewan Smoot gets back and is able to capitalize a little bit of that like that. And then Jordan Smith, I mean, we had not seen him on the field, there but again, go. he's a guy that could guy. also sneak back in after uh, after getting healthy um, after being on IR last year. So we don't know about Jordan Smith. He could be that, uh, that little sleeper waiting in the wings too. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a look at him finally. Um, so we'll see. They definitely could use him to be successful. He was a project by Trent Baalke mm -hmm. a couple of years ago coming out of UAB. Uh, so we'll get a look at him. Um, I think we're, we're almost running out of time, so we'll wrap this thing up here shortly. I just want to mention the Jaguars brought in 10 undrafted free agents. Right. One of them, a guy from Jacksonville, um, Daquan Jackson, played at Riverside High School, so he gets a shot uh, to earn a spot on the on right. the local team. So that's cool. They, they got a Baker County guy this yeah. year and a Riverside guy. And you got a Creekside guy and Darius Williams, the Shaquille. Yep. Quarterman from Oakleaf, so it's cool to see that uh, these local guys. Daquan Jackson was a baller when he was at uh, Lee and Riverside. I remember he was a super loving guy for me at my previous job, and uh, just a really good guy off the edge. Did well at Colorado State. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of these undrafted guys getting shots in the league are going to make that roster too. So it'd be cool to see if Daquan Jackson. Hold on. We'll see. The, the 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 uphill battle for the undrafted free agents this year is that the Jaguars had 13 draft picks, so they'll have their hands full trying to earn a spot. But we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, rookie minicamp is a little bit later this month, so we'll have some updates coming from there. That starts uh, the 12th through the 14th, so we'll be out there as the Jaguars uh, get those rookies together next week. But thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.